This is Shane Warne. Make sure you plough on. Still plumbing, CC. Plough on, guys. Take too much. We didn't win the link by accident. We did that by design. It was very much planned. I just try to get it in the right spot, really, and see what happens. He said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, ball near bouncer. We went for six. So. <laughs> this, this club is beyond cricket. Plough's Bridge is the greatest club in the world. Hello and welcome to the Thanks for Coming podcast. I'm here, Liam, one half of the greatest fast bowling partnership of all time. And Matt Bolshaw is once again nowhere to be seen. And do you know what? That's a bit of a theme for this season. Where is he? I don't know. However, we do have a couple of special guests for you today. I'm joined here in South London, not far from DSG, in a beautiful recording studio with two incredibly handsome men and our producer spence lads where are you from what are your names and how good are you that you found out you're doing the podcast with me and not bush uh, my name is ollie uh i've been at the plow for three years and uh yeah i thought i'd join in today just to kind of see how the podcast was going just to, to introduce myself as a, a senior club member now because we have recruited a lot of players this year and um, you know it's important to note that Plough did extend beyond this year so that's that's where I'm coming from. Hello this is Hector I am coming here from uh, South East London my house my second bedroom yes boys I'm just here to police what Ollie's saying because uh we all know he chats a lot of uh, a lot of rubbish, so <laughs> that's why I'm here. Hello. Okay, thanks, gents. I'm reading Matt Bolshaw's notes here. Matt Bolshaw, wherever you are, thanks for your notes. General feel over the last two weeks has been, and all I've got here is three aubergine emojis. <laughs> <laughs> and I think part of the reason for that is there have been fifties, there have been fifers, there have been hundreds everywhere. We can't get away from them. Question to you two. Are we the best club currently playing the game? I'll, I'll definitely go first on that. I think that um, Plowman's cricket is always something to be seen from a sideline point of view. I think that there is, there's always some kind of performance that kind of uh, surpasses the previous week. And uh, I think that you're only as good as your last uh, innings. And, uh, you know, every single week we get new people uh, joining in and, and be able to, to support the plough uh, in whatever kind of form that they can. I genuinely think plough is, is like the, the, the performances, the averages and the batting, the bowling and everything this season has been far beyond anything I was expecting. In response to that, I've not really been paying attention to any other cricket. So yes, in my opinion, ploughmans are playing the best cricket on planet Earth and beyond for all, for all I know. So yeah. And that would probably cross sporting genres as well I imagine to other sports probably the best club yeah fair enough so the first game that we're going to talk about today is uh sorry Warriors on the Saturday the, the 5th of September so Liam what what kind of happened in that game who who won the toss who's batted first this is the first game first Saturday game where James DeSato head of the DeSato regime has captained an on-field game he's taken a strong side down to sorry Warriors and as we mentioned in the previous pod, there was a little bit of chat in the bar after the game. They they thought they'd have a stronger side out against us. And we went down there. The wicket looked uh, less favourable for batting, let's say. And Tiss has lost the toss, I believe. 
So we will say about the uh, the pitch conditions before we talk about the batting performance. Uh, so uh, Max has come on with it with a with a decent average coming into this game, and and I think that you know we've we've had these uh, innings these days where where Max has kind of dominated, but he didn't quite come off this this week. I think they're very good bowling side, and there were a couple of people on the day who said it's arguably the best bowling side we've faced this year. They you know all of them decent cricketers. And they did put us under pressure and we did lose wickets. They fielded pretty well. They held catches. And at one point they had us, I think it was about 100 for seven. And they really thought they were in amongst it. And, you know, so did we, to be fair. Ben Hamilton, who has got very few opportunities, really, with the bat, just stepped up and just batted an amazing innings. A partnership here of uh, 60. Ash came in on 102 for 8 and uh, went out on 162. So solid 60 partnership for the 8th wicket, which is pretty strong all in all. And some people say that uh, that Ash is not really your typical kind of number 11. I think think himself is the only person that would say that. Um, But I mean, I think that how many how many runs did he end up with on that day? He got 23 off 33, so the strike weight was pretty low. And I would say probably that's that's one of his main contributions to the club with the bat, I would say, maybe. Ashley's <laughs> <laughs> Paul is a genuine all-rounder. He's <laughs> absolutely disgusted at batting number 11. And, and, and rightfully so. And uh, he made the point that he wasn't number 11. And he went in in real time in need and, you know, you look at season as a whole, we take these games quite seriously. And when the chips are down, Ben and Ash played phenomenal innings. Ben played a ramp shot in the 43rd over, where as the bowler was uh, approaching the delivery stride, he took two steps outside of off. And he hit a ramp shot over the keeper for four, which was cleaner than anything I've seen <laughs> As 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 reputations go, I don't think you can really call him a nerd or after that. Like, come on, I don't think any players played a, a, a ramp shot. Yeah, it was amazing. Bowling wise, it was always going to be tough. We knew what we had to do. The pitch was uh, favourable for the bowlers, obviously. But Tom Lonnon again. Oh my god, I'm getting bored of talking about him because he does <laughs> it every week. It doesn't matter if it's a ball, bat in the field. He just keeps delivering. And he bowled a ferocious spell. At His economy was 1.65 for over. He got four wickets for 14 runs. That's really out of control. Someone needs to have a word. Guy's the next level. As an opening pair, cricket's about partnerships. Batting's about partnerships. Bowling's about partnerships. I think when we came off after about 14 overs, the oppo were 45 for five. Could have been seven, a few LBs. Should have been job done, I reckon. Yeah. Okay. So, we, so we, we're we're slightly brushing past your bowling. So we'll move on from that. I don't think we need to mention your bowling any more than that. Not with an economy of four point four three per over comparatively. I don't <laughs> yeah. think we do need to mention <laughs> that at all. <laughs> Archie was really good in on Saturday. It's again, new to the new to the club. We've mentioned him a few times. We bowled really good, and then Puff bowled really well as well. No reward for Puff. A couple of drop catches. Won't mention any names. And then Barras at the end came on. And as always, when when required, he held his nerve. And when it started to get close after a big partnership, Barras did the business. Lonnie came on at the other end for the fourth wicket. And uh, yeah, Plough's home safe. Another victory for the Plough. Another victory for the Plough. Love it. 
Absolutely brilliant. So the next game of the Saturday was Plowmans versus Churchley away at Great Park, apparently, on the 5th of September. Is that a new fixture for us, or have we played them before? Having been in the club for six months, I cannot tell you that for Bible, but um, I reckon it's a new fixture. I'm going to throw that one out there. My esteemed yeah, teammate Ollie was playing. What, what, tell me what happened. What, what, what went on? So, yeah, I'll take this one. So... Churchley is a beautiful ground. I would say that it's an absolutely stunning place in Surrey. When we got there, I thought it was a bit of a road, to be honest, but their good bowling and managed to bring us down to around 28 for four. So we, 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 we had a few kind of unlucky dismissals. Uh, some players kind of not really quite getting the kind of speed of the wicket and stuff. It was a bit of a slow track. Chris Silverpool on the day, he was captain. Did he get the batting order right? I, th- I think he did. I think that in, in truth, he did. Uh, we, we opened up with Paddy Gledhill and, and Trent, and they, they looked solid for a little while. They, they had a few overs where they were really kind of like looking a bit solid, nerdling a few singles here and there, but um, eventually got themselves out. Paddy was a little bit unlucky with one of his decisions, but we won't talk about that decision. And then, unfortunately, we were we were, we were twenty eight for four, so we weren't looking looking particularly strong on the on the run front, which is really genuinely and truly uh, what cricket is all about. It's about posting a big score, um, and so we were kind of thinking that one one fifty would be a good score on that wicket. And then Tom Parrish came in, and then also Max Gumpert came in as well. And after that point, we just looked really really comfortable. Those guys really had it in their their sights. They found found the wicket quickly. They gave themselves a bit of time. They were looking good actually. Every time I've seen Parish bat, he never really gets enough time. And every time I do see him bat, he always like hits 30, 20, 30, something like that. But he never really gets enough time. It's always the end of the match. So it's nice to see him getting uh, a little bit of. Uh, a game to play yeah. it was it was good to see he's, he's managed to accumulate a few batting equipment this year so i've been able to to suit him up with a helmet and some pads i lent him my shoes one game that was really good so um yeah <laughs> and uh, on that day max was actually renting he was renting a bat from max gumpert so uh, that was a bit of a generous give to uh to, to himself and uh on that day uh those guys managed to rack up some serious runs the top uh, Plowman's fifth wicket partnership and they managed to get rack up about 150 it was 151 yeah Max came in he came in and and and, and got 100 runs in something like 56 balls or something it was absolutely nothing he was hitting them all over the place so we'll deal with Parrish first Tom Parrish is an absolute thanks for coming podcast favourite absolutely he's so handsome as well and he's just smashed the top score of 73 not out I believe and it was a terrific innings. He didn't look, he didn't play one single. It was a very much a, a Paul Collingwood innings where he didn't make any mistakes. Paul Collingwood at Cardiff, by the way, where it's one of the best innings of life. And uh, Parrish was looking absolutely stunning that day. So yeah, no, it was really good to see him. It really make a proper com- contribution to the club and uh, getting us to a, getting out, us out of a really tricky situation. He's sick. Um, Max Gumpert, first ever this is a plowman's first ever 300s in three games for max gumpert we talk about him a lot on the podcast he's unbelievable he is very very good maxi however much i hate it he is an absolute gun with a bat his chat may be average but he has a gun with a bat so fair play to the guy i mean dry personality but very good at cricket that's what i would say about him Barren um, personality, that's what I would say. <laughs> it's like the Sahara <laughs> Desert. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that we, 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 those guys uh, eventually got out f- um, uh, for about 100, 150 odd. 
uh, and then uh, it was time for well, I Silv to come in, and then I joined him as well. And we managed to get a hundred, two hundred uh, and thirty odd. So we really posted a good score after being in a really tricky situation. Cheeky strike rate of uh, ninety five there for you, uh, Ollie. For you, oh, nineteen. Yeah. Enough talking about my batting. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much all the talking we can do about your batting. So probably the, probably the best I've done all year. So. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your high score for the season? No, it isn't. 34, mate. <laughs> so you forgot I know, about it. I know my stats. <laughs> but yeah, we'll move on to, to the bowling. The team were kind of... They were, they were doing well, the opposition. They were, they were around uh, 76 uh, for two under the first uh, bowling partnership. Mark bowled well, but the bats, batman they knew that they had to get a big score, so uh, they came out swinging a bit. To, to be honest, Mark, Mark, Mark is genuinely a really very good bowler like he, he moves bowler. it both ways he, he's got the whole mental aspect i throw the ball down and hope for the best but he he is one of those he's one of these people that gets in people's brains and uh and really messes around with it i like, I like to think that I, I move it both ways but i don't think i actually do but he de- you, genuinely you do does. swing it both ways but not on a cricket pitch <laughs> but yeah uh i'll move on to uh to the first bowling change and that was myself um Bold at fairly good lines. Please tell us more, <laughs> Ollie. Uh, please tell us more. As as I would say, T- talk us through every delivery. <laughs> every, well, the first, you know, the first delivery, I was just trying to be a bit loose. You know, gave myself a bit of time to get into it. But yeah, no, I, I, I bowled all right that day. And uh, but I was bowling in, in partnership with Chris uh, Silver. Uh, t- Tom had a bit of a another cameo after batting. He managed to get uh, someone quite young out, but. Um, it was a good ball to get him out, to be fair. It's like a throwback to the Actonians game where you were bowling bouncers and beamers at 12-year-olds. Well, I was, I was quite pleased not to be bowling him because of that Nose reason. Toes. <laughs> 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 to be fair, your figures are very good. An economy rate of 3.17, you know, after six overs is really good. I mean, if you look at comparatively with silver, it's pretty terrible. But yeah, so um, yeah. <laughs> Silver, silver standout bowler for that match. Economy of one point two nine, amazing, amazing. Top wicket taker for the plough this season so far, I believe. Don't please don't be salty about it, Grazer. It's um, it's all good. Yeah, no, uh, Silver bowled really well for his two wickets, and I, I got two two wickets as well. Just to mention that as well, we we had actually managed to keep him really tight after those uh, those twelve overs um, to start over, and um, and it was it was it, we really kind of dominated at the end of it and um, we managed to to get them all out for 185 which was a really terrific um, effort from everyone the fielding was tight the bowling was tight and uh, and we really did it for the plow coming back from that situation that we were in four games in a weekend yet again plow on top right now game three Simon Carson club captain at the helm he's in charge we've got a decent side out and we've got an unknown opposition in Spartans, we we bowled first. Opposition top order looked really good. Um, played the seamers really well. Inspired bit of captaincy from Simon Carson to bring the spinners on early. Niraj into the attack. Yasser, in one of his first games from the club, bowled very, very well at the other end. Kept it really, really tight. Built the pressure. And the man in form, Niraj, into the attack early bold excellent line length and picked up all of the top four of the opposition batsmen boom 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 it's unbelievable scenes from Niraj right there unbelievable four four for 45 of eight that's that's some solid solid work but he wasn't the only spinner on show that day who else was uh was spinning that day 
spinning to win. Throwback to 2017. Iskander, who availability-wise made it quite clear that he'd be an hour and a half late for the game if he was selected. Turned up after about two hours. Rocked up. Rocked up to bowl. And took four wickets as well. And four for nine runs off four overs. As a part-time bowler, like, realistically, that's unbelievable. Like, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Great it's, return. It's cracking. And part-time bowler is one of those things that's probably going to come under some scrutiny in the coming weeks. Carries <laughs> <laughs> on bowling like that. <laughs> Phenomenal performance. Uh, fair play to Niraj taking the top four. Iskander, Tom Lane. Also, yeah, shout out to Tom Lane for uh, one over... One wicket for seventeen runs as well. Like a little bit, a little bit loose with the runs, but he still got a wicket, so we can't roast him too much. So that's good. And yeah, don't worry about like the uh, opening bowler. He's got three overs left. He's got ninety-five wickets for the club. He's looking to come back on at a few friendly tail-end wickets at the end. And uh, yeah, don't worry about that. It's fine. I'll play again this season. <laughs> <laughs> Next up was the the batting. Um, Izzy and Tom, power the couple. gruesome twosome power couple. Beyonce and um, Jay Z. Beyonce and Jay Z. I don't know. Ralph and Lauren. I don't know. Iskander came in, scored thirty nine off fifty five. Uh, solid, solid, solid. Timon and Pumba. <laughs> Timon and Pumba. Yes. Uh, any other standout performances that we should really take note of in the batting department? I think there was uh, one standout bang. Uh, contribution that was coming from uh, Niraj Taylor. Uh, I think he was uh, doing really well. Bat was coming, the ball was coming off the middle of the bat, and uh, eventually got himself to 62, which was, I think, his first 50 of the club. Liam, as far as I'm aware, that's right. Yeah, first 50 for the club, 62 not out. I think he's only been out once this season. Um, he's back. I think he's back from memory. I think he's batted six times. He's been out once. He's making a push for the batting trophy. Um, he's batting down the order. He's playing to his strengths and fair play to him. He's making a claim for that late on. Batting trophy hotting up beautifully. Loads of people batting well here. Uh, Lonnon in the frame. Max, obviously, in the frame. Matt Hickson in the frame. Niraj in the frame. Tom Parrish. Was that two high scores for the plough in one weekend? Uh, is that what we're saying, uh, Tom Parrish and and Niraj? Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. Yeah, that's a that's a good shot, mate. It's good times, good times. Another Plowman's big weekend ended with the fourth game of four away at Banstead CC. Banstead won the toss and elected to bat, and from what I understand, it was quite a good toss to win. Um, seems like they had a fairly good batting lineup out. Hector, how did we start with the ball? Yes, we did. Uh, we did good. Nabanjan and uh, Hops opening the um, the bowling. I mean, opening partnership of fifty five was pretty good. There was a few a few bowling performances that really. Well, there's one bowling performance that caught, that caught the eye, and that was uh, Tom Lennon, of course, your favourite person to talk about on this podcast, but. The man is an absolute animal when it comes to bowling. Um, to eight overs, two maidens, two for 38. Solid. Other good performances in the bowling. Nabanjan, solid. He's a, he's a solid bowler. Didn't get any wickets, but economy was pretty good. And uh, yeah, so it was all right. 
but overall not really a lot on on offer for the bowlers team no not a lot on offer um when we came into bat it was tom lockhart uh was run out for a total of 72 which is a really really solid solid innings um Really good player. Partnering with uh, Lonnon, who got a surprisingly low 12 runs, which is, from what I've seen from Tom Lonnon batting, is unheard of, because I've only ever seen him hit in the 80s. Other than that, Surrey... Bringing some big news to the club. Big news to the club. Surrey went, went, went in. When, when, when the man doesn't get out on a rash, like rash impulse, he scores some big, big runs. 92 off 79 balls, strike rate of 116. Big, big ting. Yeah, it seems like he's bettered his top plan as top score of 63, 67 or what it was earlier in the season. Shorter format batsman uh, making the transition to the longer format in in under the wing of Plowman CC. He's doing it so well, so stylishly, so destructively, and uh, seems like he's not not the only thing that he's been up to. Yeah, I think uh, there's some been some busy busy in his personal life. Uh, he uh, also announced that uh, he uh, has been introducing a new Plowman's member to the club. Big up to him for his uh, new child that's on the way, which is absolutely fantastic news. That is pretty exciting. What is also exciting for me, and uh, we're going to hark back to the previous podcast, is. Grant, love the guy, really good, li- really good lad. Uh, golden duck in this game, so we need to we need to bring that up. <laughs> Captain's innings. Captain's innings, and it was definitely Grant's catch in the last uh, last podcast. So yes, in that, um, Banter won by 19 runs in the end, but it was a solid solid effort from uh, from the plough. 222 for six off 40, just couldn't quite get to the 241 required. That must have been a serious partnership. Um, for the second wicket, uh, Lockhart, seventy-two runs for the plough, as he does and as he has been doing for years, hits the ball long, hits it far, hits it all round the ground. You love to see it, and he smashed seventy-two on the day. That partnership must be there or thereabouts. The right? second wicket partnership was a hundred and seventy-one, which is top effort. Pretty good, to be fair. Do you happen to know what the uh, all-time top second wicket partnership would be if he if they were to topple that? No. What what is that? Well, I don't know. Uh, if we could call on the producer Matthew Spencer. Can I fade it up? It's a uh, hundred and seventy-four is the second w- wicket partnership. It's a historic one. Looking at a W Skidalski who scored sixty-two and a S Annika who scored hundred and eleven, not out. This was in a league game in 2004. So they've done very well to get near to that, but not quite got over the mark. And how, and how close were they? Three runs short. They were three runs short. What a phenomenal effort. Plough on. Plough on, lads. That's, that's a good effort. Good effort. I mean, to be honest, if you're going to lose, that's a very, very good game. And to lose in that way is not the worst thing in the world. Probably should have won it. <laughs> probably should have won it but you have to want it <laughs> so retrospectively probably should have won that <laughs> you've got to want it so another week has passed and uh, it's time for Plowman's versus Beck Oldboy at Rains Park uh, weather is lush as per for this time of year which is pretty ridiculous um, Ollie, you played this game. Give us a little bit of a lowdown on on what happened, what went on. Yeah, so uh, we won the toss. There was uh, a good start to the game. Uh, Logan uh, was 
uh, looking really good to start off with and he kept on going and he started well, finished well. He managed to get 100 runs and he was scoring it all around the park. Um, First century for the plough? Yeah, absolutely right there. Yep. Logan's been in such good form this season. He hit 95 the other day, he hit 84. He's really stepped it up and unmeasurable amount of talent and he's really delivering for the plough week on week. It's great to see. We love to see it. It baffles me that I've only just learned that Logan has never scored a ton for the plough because the guy bats unbelievably. He's got a very old head on young shoulders. And uh, yeah, so it's really good to see him getting his first ton for the club. Unbelievable in the field as well. Not to mention that uh, Logan scored his first 100 for the club, but he also hit a six into the wind, which Parrish eventually caught. Uh, to bring up his time, which was a fantastic effort from him. Iskander with another with another half century, which is really really good to see. Sixty one solid. There's also, yeah, Parish and obviously that man again, your boy Tom Lennon in the in the thirties, man. You know that's like it's a solid score, it's a solid score, it's solid. What you need? How many times was Logan dropped during that game? Yeah, on his way to a hundred. Nor wow, it's a statistical anomaly, I think. Um, Fair play to the lad, bringing up his hundred with a six, six or sticks. We like to see that alpha move. That's that's a pretty solid, solid innings. You know, like you don't, you don't you, like no drops in an innings for a hundred runs. That's a, that's a quality innings. Fair. If you're gonna do it, do it properly. How many times was Iskander dropped? Was Silver not um, subfielding for this game? Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, they started with uh, seven players, so Silva had to uh, had to come in uh, last minute as a substitute fielder, and I think he was he was fielding around Gully. Are you saying? Okay, so this is the question here: Did Silva tactically drop Iskander, or did Silva just drop the catch? I mean, I, w- I wouldn't question the motives of a subfielder from the op- opposing team, but I think that you know when it comes to your hands, the center of your hands. Uh, you would question the ability to drop it from that position. I have seen Silver do that on multiple occasions, so this is why I'm asking. You know, it's uh, it's it's it's. I mean, I when when he came off the field, when they got the last two two fielders onto the field to replace him, uh, he did maintain that it was fully accidental, and uh, I wouldn't question that as uh, a member that that actually played that game. I wouldn't question it. Yeah, and Chris Silverpool over the past three years, I would say, is definitely one of our stronger fielders and i would go as far as to say for the first two seasons prided himself on his fielding very reliable hands uh good in the outfield good in the deep and in recent games just gone absolutely off the charts missing balls on the boundary on the regular basis um he never had the ability to throw but he doesn't seem to be able to stop the ball either. I gather he took an amazing catch in the field in that game. This is what I, this is what I've been told, Ollie. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I think the the thing is that he was coming off the field thinking that he'd done a poor performance dropping that ball, and uh, he was trying to make up for his drop catch uh, when it came to our innings uh, fielding in Cal Corner. Uh, he managed to get a pretty decent grab where he caught on the boundary one-handed but um i mean you know you sound very skeptical about that however that the way you just described it in uh like it with your skepticism sounds amazing i'm not i wouldn't i wouldn't like i say i would never question the motive of chris silverpool i think he's a top mj uh you know 
his hands just you know they wander all over the place uh and uh yeah he's a, he's a good cricketer yeah so we posted uh, a 286 which was a good start and uh we moved on to our bowling that tis tis opened with uh chris and uh and lonan so chris silverpool in his final season for the plow for now he's all about the legacy he has been for a long time he's given up on fielding we all know that's not going to build your legacy but he has done something that he hasn't done many times in the past two years. And he's taken a load of wickets this season. And bringing up his 50th game for the club, he's also brought up his 50th wicket in the last two weeks, I believe. And that's just credit to one of the best all-round contributions in a short amount of time I think anyone's ever made to the plough on the field, off the field. It's absolute pleasure and he's he's hit those milestones and that goes in his legacy and he's a legacy man genuine genuine all-rounder yeah i would absolutely say so uh but with his bowling he started off uh, in the first over 15 runs, runs from the first over and then he kept it down to 22 uh off his five overs and he uh he managed to get another wicket genuine all-rounder yes in the sense that if you're not very good at batting or bowling or fielding, you would say that you're an all-rounder. Yeah, so we, we started reasonably well. We got three wickets in the first uh, opening partnership between Silve and um, and Longan. And uh, we needed to kick on. There was some really good batters in the, in the middle lineup from the opposition team. Ashish Paul came along, did his thing again, line and length, put it in the right place. And uh, he managed to really reap the rewards with, for the day for um, and getting five wickets, which is just, you know, it's just typical uh, Paul. Producer Matt Spencer, were you there? Can you hear me all right? Yes, you're faded up. So I was there on the day and uh, you were talking about genuine all-rounder there and Ashish Paul is one of those genuine all-rounders. He was uh, ready to come in at a number 11 and bat. And uh, what a man that he is, that as soon as he was given the ball, he said... This is my game and just kind of stepped up. Lonin and Silver did bowl well, taking the three between them, but Ash took it to another level. We They did look like they were on the run rate until he started to bowl. Earlier that day, I'm actually privy to this after a personal conversation with Ash. He'd have a conversation with his uh, 11, 12-year-old son earlier that day who was skipping one of his first games for his team. And Ash had taught him a lesson of, you know, how do you pick your lineup? Who's the best batsman in your team? Who's the best bowler in your team? who's the best fielder in your team? And Rohan turned to him and said, it's me. I know that it led to Ash thinking, I am also the best bowler, the best batsman and the best fielder in this team. He turned up today with a fiver in his belly and he got it. And that's exactly what he deserves. What a man. What a man indeed. I've known Ash for a long time and uh, he, he never disappoints. It's a man who always turns up. His bowling as well, every day, systematically, line length, unbelievable. And what a length it is. Ash definitely deserved his fiver, but Ollie, you got quite frustrated with the game on the boundary. There was a bit of back and forth between you and the uh, the oppo for a little period of time. You had a little bit of a bowling stint. How have you been finding that this season? Uh, yeah, the bowling's been going well. I wouldn't, wouldn't really like to talk about my bowling that game. Uh, I managed to rack off probably a, a minus 50 run deficit in that day so not really what I want to talk about today but uh, yeah we finished well and it was all about Ash uh, to be honest well there was one man who wish 
is that he could have spoken about his bowling that day. Tom Parrish kept wicket. He's one wicket away from being in contention for the bowling trophy. He told the skipper about this before the game and James Tissato regime gave him the gloves and didn't bowl him. And he took the gloves very well. So, you know, good good on to him for, for taking the role. He took it like a champ. Absolute champ. It was a lovely game to uh, come down and watch. Some mid-September sun. I had a few G&Ts on the sideline. I had some company join me uh, halfway through, which was quite nice. You don't necessarily want to talk about your bowling performance that day, but you did win the uh, Jurassic dinosaur-themed adventure golf that day, earlier in the morning. In in a couple of sentences, how was uh, your warm-up for today's game against Bexhold Boys? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I think I, I probably focused a bit too heavily on the golf uh, than what was probably warranted for the the competitive nature in that day, uh, but I'm I'm really happy with my performance uh, overall. I really kept a good line uh, going into the putt, and uh, it was it was it was a good day from me. So in match highlights, we had uh, Iskander opening 50. I think his high score for the club. He told me he was definitely on for a ton. Um, but then I did give him out LBW myself. And then we saw Logan hit his turn. We had a late partnership of 230 scored by Tom Lon and Tom Parrish. And that probably saw it home. The uh, the village level of the cricket, I'm sure, is going to get a mention later in this podcast. And uh, it, it was a cracking day to watch for me. And, and thank you for uh, having me on the podcast for the first time. It's very kind of you all. Thanks for coming. Okay, so the second game to, on the Saturday was uh, Rich Buckley was uh, captaining. He hasn't played many games this year, but uh, he's been he captained this game. So how did he captain this game? He's a driving force behind the plow, Rich. He's great captain as well, and he's filled in like he's captaining a team this week where uh, he didn't even know half the players on his team. So it's outstanding effort, and. Fair play to all the new guys who turned up as well. Everyone who travelled this weekend. It's another big weekender for the plough. It's another four-game weekend. And uh, some new boys did really well. And Rich, as you you know, we'd expect nothing less from him, has really done a great job in captaining that side. He's brought all the new players into it. And there were a couple of standout performances on debut. One in particular, James Sully. He's been to a net. We've heard a lot about him. And uh, it's great to see him out there. It's great to see him on the field. It's great to see him doing really well. From what he's told me, he could have easily gone on a golden duck. In his words, the first ball he blocked and it rolled back towards middle stump before he kicked it away. And he's gone on to score a 50 on debut. And we love to see it. Tom Lane's hit another 50. Another. Two 50s for the plough, you know. His second 50 ever. And no help from his candor himself as well. The the power couple can actually play separately as well. Yeah, some like t- telepathic connection there. And like t- it just seems to me like Tom Lane's living his best life. Yeah, for someone who has uh, little to no batting technique and absolutely zero defensive capabilities, he's absolutely smashing it. I'm pretty sure he's probably got a better average than me. So <laughs> Everyone has a better average than you. It was another debut for Alex Julian. He scored 20-odd on debut, promising start. Looks like a good player. He was recruited by Duray Pretorius on a train uh, via his mate Angus. So Duray's never actually met Alex, nor have I. Um, Duray speaking to Angus on the train 
found out that uh, Alex's nickname is Cake. So welcome, Cake. Um, also, he's moving from London Bridge soon. Hopefully, you move closer to Dulwich. And with that in mind, um, Sophia, your girlfriend, who's from out of Munich, uh, who prefers a leafy suburbia, suburban area, might prefer the leafy green of Dulwich. So hope to see you down that way sometime soon. So Hector, we had a pretty inexperienced bowling attack that day. Um, how did uh, Rich approach the bowling attack and uh, how did we go? Rich rotated it well. Um, Lewis gave a decent opening spell, one for 40. Mohammed, my main man, picked up a couple of wickets for just 48 runs. So Love that. I love that. I'm all about that. Um, all about Mo, to be honest. All about Mo. Yeah, Mo. Mo's a good lad. He drives a nice car. He has some average chat, but I love that. I'm all about that. And then, uh, yeah, James chipped in at the end with uh, another wicket. So yeah, but I mean, it was one of those. It was um, well rotated bowling lineup, average chat from Mo, and uh, but yeah, it, it just wasn't to be in the end. Yeah, and I think it's just another example of where we've got four teams out on a weekend there. And we've not won that one, but that's what we're all about. And uh, by all accounts, it seems like a very, very positive outcome for the plough. Plough on. So on the Sunday, we were playing SW United. We've played against SW United uh, numerous times in the last couple of years. A memorable game against uh, SW on World Cup final day last year. Um, they've beaten us a couple of times. We beat them earlier in the season. Nigel Stevenson, the standout performer. And the one that we all want to know about is how did you get on in the last man stands game after the uh, official game on Sunday? Yeah, so uh, the the first game in that day finished particularly early because Nigel Stevenson managed to get his 10th wicket against that single club for the year um and we we actually worked out the he's managed to rack up 10 wickets for around 25 runs against one single team which is unbelievable ouch yeah absolute scenes that's disgusting yeah so we we managed to chase down their runs in in around seven or eight overs which was again another ouch to their team but uh we who scored runs we scored runs through uh, Matt Hickson, who managed to get another 50, which was fantastic. And uh, yeah, we moved on, got the runs, and uh, we decided to make a day of it by having a last man standing where Alex Hickson was the captain. Sadly, uh, Matt Hickson went home a bit early for some, you know, prearranged reasons. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a good day. We managed to make a day of it. Grant Woolage, friend of the pod skipper extraordinaire this season and uh he's done the right thing once again plow spirit from him he set up a, a secondary last man stands game after the initial game because it finished a bit quicker sw united played a lot of competitive games against us this was their last game of the season big day out of dsg everyone loves that everyone loves big day out of dsg um made it worth their while of course and i believe they might have even got a cheeky win in the uh, LMS game at the end there. Yeah, I mean, we, we as Plowman CC, we don't want to talk about too many losses, but the second game, it didn't really count as much because it doesn't go to stats. And that's what we really care about. I bowled a couple of wides. 
you know, some other people bowled a couple of wides. A lot of people got wickets. I got two in two overs. Nigel Stevenson, again, got two more wickets. 12 wickets against one team in one season. To quote Matt Bolshaw, he's a good player. <laughs> Our second Sunday fixture took us to Morden. Our rivals and friends. This this fixture is at the end of the Northern Line and so much further. Obviously, we've got some close ties with, with Morden after playing them for, for numerous years. Our very own Gumpert connection is uh, more prominent than ever this season. And uh, we've gone down there with a pretty strong side. It's club captain Simon Carson at the helm. Logo off the back of a ton the day before, has uh, opened the bang, and by the looks of things, he's hit 40-odd. Decent start. Uh, was anyone else able to bat around him? He he started well. He was he was looking pretty good for his, uh, his start, and uh, he got into the 40s and uh, wasn't really kicking off uh, after that, and unfortunately, we didn't really get very much further than that, and we managed to get out for 108. Mr. Hot Dogs, Paul Hines himself. Scoring a lowly 12 after scoring 106 the time before. Disappointing. <laughs> Plough off. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to hate me for that. <laughs> He's going to hate me for that. So the batting performance seemed to lack a little bit of guile. Um, How did it go on in the bowling? Yeah, I mean, as ever, like, you know, Plowman's keep our spirit um, all the way through any game that we might be on the losing end of. However, you know, our team rallied again. Logan managed to get two for, for his uh, seven overs that he was able to bowl and uh, Carson was able to get five. The club legend that he is, the skipper, and we all love him very much for that. Yeah, and it's great to see him. He's got to a certain age. He's got to a certain uh, physical point in his life. He's moved to spin and guys played a lot of cricket. He knows how to land a ball. He can read the batsman. And he's I think he's only bowled spin for three or four games, but he's causing all kinds of problems. Great to see him getting a fifer. I was in the pub with him an hour or so ago. I wish he was as good at drinking as he is at cricket. It was a it was an unfortunate loss to Morden. Uh have a brilliant day out and uh some so performances to take away from it, and that is something. And it's nice for Morden to get a win against us for a change. That makes a nice change for them. It doesn't happen very often. And is there any correlation between the Gumpert brothers not playing inside for Morden and them getting their first win? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I gather that the this season, when the Gumperts were playing for Morden, they lost. And when they didn't play for Morden, they won. So, one would say that there is no real correlation there. <laughs> yeah, and even prior to this season, I think we've got a couple of wins in the column down that way. I'm not 100% sure, but it certainly feels like that. And I mean, you said that they were rivals and friends, but I'm not sure that they are either. And this will bring us swiftly on to our next segment, Who Said It? Liam. This is the part of the show where we send out some uh, direct quotes from Plowman's or Plowman's Associates without any context whatsoever. And it's for you to decide who said it. Who said it? Are we doing the who said it thing? 
where Barrett asked Tiss if he was a new player. Nah, mate. Uh, I've played a few games before, as it goes. Who said it? Four burly Polish blokes like me couldn't get it up. Who said it? Who said it? Oh, yeah. Jose Mourinho is a really nice guy. He and I WhatsApp each other at least once a week. Who said it? This week, and for one week only, we're privileged to be able to report on Chris Silverpool's top 10 village moments from the weekend. This includes Saturday, Beck Old Boys, and Sunday, More Than Away Games. Hector. Number 10, Plowman CC. No scorebook at the game. Number nine, Saturday. The opposition blaming subfielder drop catch as key reasoning for losing. Questionable. Number eight, opposition player asking if they can order a takeaway during the game as he skipped breakfast. That is 10 out of 10 commitment, if you ask me. Number seven, Saturday opposition starting game with seven fielders. Plowman CC starting with eight on Sunday. Number six, Opposition player wearing a white tracksuit, including hoodie, during a game. Village. Number five. Opposition telling Sai he had bowled out his allotted seven overs, two balls into his eighth over. Number four. Oppo umpire turning down a court behind, saying it hit the glove and not the bat. Number three. Oppo starting the game in the wrong pitch and switching to the pitch four overs into the game in which they were supposed to play on in the first place. Number two, Oppo using one set of yellow plastic stumps and having no scoreboard. (laughs) And number one, bloke fielding for us who later realised he was at the wrong game after the first wicket fell. We (laughs) We thought he was just a subfielder given from the Oppo. 10 out of 10, love that. More on the last point from our club skipper, Simon Carson. So at Morden, started with eight players, that's not ideal. Poor form from the plough. No one really wants to start a cricket match with eight players. But soon enough, second over, up rocks number nine. Simon Carson, skipper on the day, tell us more. So uh, this, this, lad, this, lad has, uh, this lad's turned up. And uh, I, I saw him knocking up on the boundary. I thought he was a Morden player. And, um, you know, we, we were going out short. We were going out three, three or four, three, three men short. So we only had eight men out there. I, I was very happy. I thought, well, Morden have been good enough to, uh, to, to give us an extra fielder. So uh, he's, he's come out. He's, he's, he, we were playing around. I sent him out to point. Moved him around a couple of times in the next couple of overs. And um, he, he said to me, he said to me, sort of halfway through the third or fourth over that he'd already been on the field, he said to me, uh, are you Pradeep? And I said, no. <laughs> I said, no, I'm not Pradeep. He says, oh, uh, apparently your skipper's called Pradeep. And I said, no, I'm the skipper. Uh, I'm called Simon. And he said, uh, I said, well, who, who do you think Pradeep is? I, I said, I'm, I'm supposed to be playing for old Corinthians. Uh, and I, I said, so, you're, so you don't play for Morden? And he said, no, I don't know who they are. <laughs> so I, I said, well, you know, this is, this is the first time this has ever happened, but you're in the wrong place, and we're very happy to have you on the field, but do you reckon you might, you might want to go to your own game? <laughs> Wrong team, wrong pitch, wrong location. Was he even even close? 
Nowhere near. Nowhere near. We don't know who he was, and we're, but he, he was a decent fielder. <laughs> Great to hear from the club skipper on the most important issues of the weekend. Rolling into the last two weekends of the year, we've got some friendly opposition coming up. Uh, Ickenham and Verdane Green this coming weekend. Uh, both teams we've had mixed results against. I believe Matt Bolshaw got his best bowling figures for the club at Ickenham away. He's a good player. Haven't seen much of him this season. Hi, Matthew. Uh, Verdane Green, we've had some mix of results against them as well. One of the wettest games I've ever played in. Chris Silverpool was captain. He enjoys a wet match. And following on from that, we move into our final weekend of the season. England versus the rest of the world on Saturday and Southbank at home on Sunday. I am very much looking forward to that, even though I will not be playing the Saturday, as I'll be working. However, I'll be supporting in spirit. And Oli, do you reckon you're going to get picked for that Saturday team? Well, I mean, I'd, I'd like to be picked for the rest of the world 11 game. I'd, I'd like to be representing England, but the main game I'm looking forward to is the Sunday game against Southbank. Uh, the last game we played against them, we lost. However, that even evening, we had a few beers with a couple of guys and I said that I'd roll them over. So I need to back that up a bit. In what sense are you going to roll them over? Well, if I can bowl some kind of line and length, I'll move it both ways and I will try to do that the best I can. That's great because that's not the sense that I thought you were saying. So wonderful. Thank you so much for that. I'm a good bowler. Pick me for it. Saturday, rest of the world v England. There's a lot of talk about selection. There's a lot of talk about who's going to be playing in each team. And uh, it's highly anticipated. There's a lot of, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as to say animosity, but there's a lot of uh, energy flying around the club. A couple of the Australians in particular, Chris Silverpool, really seem to have a bit of a bee in his bonnet about this one. And he really seems like he's out to prove something. What he's trying to prove, I'm not sure. Um, but he's on the money with this one. So uh, Selection going to have their work cut out. Um, as always, it's a big day for the plough. It's final weekend of the season. Friends and family welcome. We'll have at least two teams out. We're likely to have 18 players in each team. We're going to get a bit creative with how the game works. And it should be a real big bang end to the season in the way that Plowman's knows best how to do. Plow on. For any alterations, recommendations or clarifications, please do email hello at plowmancc.com. If you want to be on the podcast, get in touch with us. Also, if you're out there and you're playing cricket and you're either a good cricketer or a good bloke, you should be playing for us. What are you doing? Get in touch with us right now on hello at plowmancc.com. And I know that the Plowman's podcast is usually led by Surrey's finest opening bowling partnership. But I hope that myself, Ollie and Hector have done it justice for this week. And uh, we hope that you plow on. Hector, Ollie, thank you ever so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been very enjoyable it's been incredibly enjoyable thanks for coming 
This is Shane Warne. Make sure you plough on. Steve Plum and CC, plough on, guys. Thank you, Mark. We didn't win the link by accident. We did that by design. It was very much planned. I just try to get it in the right spot, really, and see what happens. He said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, bowl me answer. We went for six. So. <laughs> this, this club is beyond cricket. Plough on cricket is the greatest club in the world. Oh!